of you, honey bunny. Everybody be cool, this is a robbery! Hello and welcome to a special episode of Laps Gamer Radio. Today we'll be discussing the increasing prevalence of loot boxes in video games. Loot boxes or blind boxes have been around for a while now, but recent additions to full price games of loot boxes with actual game changing mechanics and contents in them have caused a bit of a backlash, so we're going to jump on the bandwagon, grab our pitchforks and join in in the moaning. I am your host Mark Hamer and joining me tonight are Ali Cornwall and Andy Pitty. Good evening gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Just as a side note, these are the common versions of Ali and Andy, although for a limited time only you can pay the low, low price of $39.99 to purchase some in-game currency, which will unlock our gold loot crates, which have the chance to contain the legendary or epic versions of Andy and Ali. One free gold loot crate is included in the premium edition of this podcast, which costs twice the price of your standard version and includes all the content we cut out of the base podcast to sell you later for more money. That's just me and my pants, really. Yeah. <laughs> you might get a booby pies of Kev being here and not knowing what's going on. It's Andy in a loincloth. Um, right, so we'll get onto the subject at hand. First of all, what is a loot box? Would you care to explain? A box with random stuff that you yeah. pay for. Are you yes. Doing? Now, um, I, I was trying to have a look on the internet um, the other day for when was the first example of loot boxes in a video game uh, and it's kind of hard to determine because the concept of a loot box has been around for a long time probably longer than video games themselves because mm. oh. you've got the like well I remember back if you think back to the 80s but even before then like um, before then stickers Gatchapon, well you think like um, gachapon as the term kind of refers which is something that gets is now used as a term in a lot of Japanese free to play mobile games mm. uh, like Fire Emblem Heroes for example Gachapon was like those vending machines um, where you'd get a little plastic capsule with a toy inside but you had no idea which one you were going to get okay mm. yeah a bit like a kingdom like surprise a, yeah 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 basically yeah and the idea of that kind of proliferated and then yeah i mean like when i was a kid you had like panini stickers and stuff like that and collectible card games and stuff like that's existed for a long time like magic the gathering and whatnot yeah. even your yeah. sticker books i guess yeah, yeah. trading cards yeah, yeah uh, wrestling trading cards uh, uh, wrestling uh, stickers yeah trading cards um but the thing that differentiates it there is that you actually had a physical item yeah which could be traded or sold or yep. sold they have like uh, fairs or they do them at Toys R Us, don't they, where you can actually take your swaps and go and swap yeah. them with someone or, or whatever. So yeah, there's options. Yeah. Now, you can't do that with a digital loot box. Um, at least I can't think of an example of a game where that stuff is even tradable with other players. No. A lot of it's account-bound. Yeah. Back in the day, um, it used to just be character-bound. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so now if, if you get something in a loot box that you didn't want tough shit you've already paid for it there's <laughs> nothing you can do about it <laughs> yeah so uh, I think we should we should start with like talking a little bit about how this came into games um so this sort of thing's existed for quite a while in like um free to play digital collectible card games like um Hearthstone and things like that and digital versions of Magic the Gathering 
uh, and it's existed for a long time in mobile games, like free-to-play mobile games. Yeah. Um, I think it's been on consoles for quite a while as well, because I think, although the mystery loot box side of it, not so much, but buying skins for games, so the actual buying something for nothing, really, like in Call of Duty... Yeah, it's slightly um, different, but, but yeah, the difference is with that is that is, is, is you knew what you were buying. Yeah, true. You you weren't buying the chance to get what you wanted. Yeah. Um, what was what was that st- Valve game? The um, that was one of the first ones. Oh, uh, Counter Strike. Uh, um no, Team Fortress. No, Team Fortress. Oh, yeah, sorry, with, yeah. with the hats. Of, yeah, I think that was one of the first ones. But I mean that's and then that's come into Counter Strike and things like that as well. But th- again, those games are free to play, so they are um, the, you know the, the upkeep, um, patching, fixes, any new content, anything like that is funded solely off the back of uh, those sort of um, you know cosmetic loot box things, which I've never particularly had a problem with. Um, now, cosmetic loot boxes was where it first started to come into paid games. Like the biggest example I can think of in recent years is Overwatch, although plenty of other games have got it. Destiny's got it as well. And but uh, in Overwatch, um, you got the base game and future content, so all the new characters and all the new maps and everything, all the the events and everything that they put out is funded off the back of people paying money for these loot boxes, um, which only give you cosmetic stuff. Now, the, so the cosmetic stuff is incredibly desirable, and the urge to want to put in some money to get some for a chance, more for a higher chance of being able to get a skin that you wanted, is definitely there, but it won't in any way affect the game, because it's purely cosmetic. Yeah, it's also um, a sense of what people want to be individuals, don't they? Yes. You know, yeah. I think there was Destiny that introduced for dancers as well, so it was just... Again, yeah, thing. yeah, and that stuff's been added into like the division and plenty of other games as well. It's like stuff that is desirable but won't make any difference to the game whatsoever. Um, but what's caused this sudden uproar is that now all of a sudden we've got um, two big games coming out uh, within a short space of each other: um, Middle Earth: Shadow of War. Which yeah. has, which is a single-player game mm. with with loot boxes, with which, according to people who have played the game all the way to the end, artificial difficulty spikes in certain places designed to make you want to p- pay money for loot boxes, um, and even more insidiously than that, uh, loot boxes in um, Star Wars Battlefront Two, which have not just cosmetic items but actual boosts to your characters to boost your abilities in game yeah. which means that you if you pay to get loot boxes there is a good chance that you will get something out of it which will give you an advantage over another player on day one who hasn't paid for any loot boxes hmm. and that's where it starts to get really really worrying um, yeah. just to roll it back a bit um, do you guys have any particular problems with cosmetic loot boxes at all or is even that just you know the beginning of a slippery slope? Um, I guess not, since I buy them. <laughs> so I've, I've brought a few for Destiny. Um, uh, I don't mind the cosmetic stuff, and I don't mind 
uh, like on World of Warcraft, although you knew what you were buying, but you know you can buy the little pets and stuff. Um, if it's cosmetic and it doesn't change the game in any way, shape, or form, and you don't look too epic as if you've brought it kind of thing you don't stand out too much if you don't buy it if that makes sense i guess that's the way to look at it mm. um i don't mind but when say myself and Mort were both playing destiny 2 and he's brought boxes i haven't and he just looks really really good and i'm just stood there in rags and he's in like metal armor and it'd be like uh, yeah hang on a minute but just for cosmetics to look a little bit different to be a bit individual get different sparrows no not a problem with that at all really um, no. the, the thing where Destiny for me has got it right is you do get the the chance to get the um, not the engrams what they're called Mark uh, bright engrams bright engrams that's it yeah, yeah. Uh, which basically are your your cosmetic loot boxes every time you level up you'll get one and you um, get them at a fairly decent clip as well especially if you're doing like high level stuff if you're doing Nightfall if you're doing um trials of the nine if you're doing the raid something like that that's going to earn you a lot of xp you earn those those um loot boxes a fairly decent clip uh to the point where if you go and have a look at how much it costs in term in real money terms to buy some of them it's like that's like seven pounds for what would take me maybe an hour <laughs> to earn um in game if you like if you really worked hard yeah and plus you've got the, your fire emblems as well haven't you yeah, the incentive, the, uh, the Fire Emblem is, um, I know plenty of people who have spent a decent amount of money on Fire Emblem, and people who spend a decent amount of money on um, Pokemon Go as well, um, but those are both free games. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So you mm. expect it. You know what you're getting in for. Like, at the moment, I'm playing a decent amount of uh, Titanfall Assault on, um, on the phone, which is like... Uh, Kind of a little bit like a grown-up version of um, Clash Royale. Yeah, there was that spin-off Clash of Clans game, uh, and the the free-to-play stuff, at least at the moment, isn't quite so you know in your face. But it still does that annoying thing of like you win a match and you get a chest. You click on to open that chest, and it says this chest will open in ten hours, but you can pay some of this currency to open it now. Um, but that sort of thing is like that's fine because I didn't pay anything for the game and if I really enjoy it then I might chip a few pounds towards the developers because I've enjoyed the game or whatever but it's completely optional you know um, it's when they start putting this stuff into um, full price games that Jim Sterling um, who runs the, the Jimquisition um, he has a set rule that if a game has microtransactions in it whether they are you know, just cosmetic stuff or not, he will not consider that game when it comes to doing Game of the Year. So, for instance, uh, last year, he absolutely loved Overwatch, could not consider it for Game of the Year because it had got uh, loot boxes in it. So some people draw a really hard line with that stuff. I don't have so much of a problem with it, except for the fact that more I feels like more so with this than with any physical stuff like panini stickers or anything like that it's kind of preying upon kids and people who have a predilection towards gambling yes mm. yeah I mean is it very randomness because one of the things I like is rocket League I brought a couple I brought one skin I think the back to the future car likewise now, yeah you know like, it's quite a cool car it's, it's a bit individual flames come out of it and we got the game for free yeah you get the game for free but 
Is it because of the randomness? And this is, I suppose, where we have to decide whether it's gambling and that. Is it gambling because of the randomness? Or is it because if you knew what you were getting and you were to pay two, three pounds on it, this is um, this is the thing that that's like I um, I haven't paid any money on loot boxes in Destiny Two, but I have in Overwatch. Despite the fact that I know that there's a pretty decent chance I won't get anything I want from it, but I still did anyway because I'm a sucker. Um, the only other game that I've put money towards anything like that is in Titanfall Two, but Titanfall Two does things right. Um, it's maybe something we come back to later on when we talk about whether the system can be fixed. Titanfall 2 didn't have a season pass. All future maps and everything that came after release was completely free. And they funded that with microtransactions. But instead of doing blind boxes, what they would do is sell packs of nose art for your um, titans or camo for your guns or um, different emblems and things like that. But not in blind boxes, they'd sell them in packs so you could see exactly what you were getting when you put the money down on it. Yep. Now that seems like a much more... It probably probably makes a fraction of the amount of money that blind boxes do. But it's just a more honest way of doing that. Am I right in saying that in... Is it Japan or China? They have to say... Although it's still in a China, chance, yeah. but you have a chance of getting X, Y, and Z. So, for like, for example, in Destiny, yeah. it would be a certain level of gear. You will get a purple, you will get a, yes. an exotic, um, um, etc. Overwatch, uh, we don't know whether they have different rates, uh, drop rates, um, yeah, in the was. West compared to in, in China. Is it different? Okay. Well, I don't know. One of the things I said, it was like one of these drops was like 0.1% chance. Hmm. In a, but yeah, in, uh, in China they have to publish that mm, that, that information. For, force Blizzard to stop selling the boxes, and they give them away free when you buy in-game credits for another. That's a sneaky way of getting around it, but you know it is. But they've, they've stopped selling it because China, Japan, I think Singapore as well. Japan have, have got very. St- this is the thing. Japan's weird. They've got such incredibly strict rules on gambling mm. but that's where we get things like gachapon from um this is where you get pachinko mm. machines and things like that gambling's illegal but they have ways around mm. it um and yeah and, and we have to remember what gambling is all right it is random mm-hmm. but when you gamble something you're always taking that risk you might not get anything yes with and these that is where um the that's where the ESRB um and Peggy and groups like that that's mm. where they are drawing the distinction when they say mm. that um loot boxes in their opinion loot boxes are not gambling because you always get something mm. yeah i guess it's just the how many of those do you have to buy to get something that's worth your money and your time yeah. For example, how many? Do you get? Yeah. So, for example, if if Mark grinded uh, Destiny for ten hours and got just saying Destiny because it's the latest game uh, and built up say three of the uh, the bright engrams, I went and brought three because you can buy them in bulk of three. What's the chances of each of us getting something like? Because you can get like an exotic sparrow and things like that. Although we're buying, I'm buying it and. Mark's winning it. Did they change slightly, or oh, not winning it, but gaining it just by leveling up? Mm. It's whether that that changes it, and 
is it my value for money for paying for it and is it worth mark's time yeah um that's that's the thing that um that some people i have seen some arguments on the internet um for buying like for instance um battlefield 4 you could buy um short shortcut packs um so if you wanted to unlock all of the sniper rifles and all the attachments to the sniper rifles but didn't have the time to grind away at unlocking all the sniper rifles and all the attachments to sniper rifles you could pay a few pounds and buy a shortcut to instantly unlock them all and that i can see i mean it's it's a bit slimy but you know some people would say like oh there's a particular weapon that i know i'm really good with but it's locked away behind hours of grinding that i don't have time to do so i'll pay a bit of money and unlock it and you know fair enough uh, everything in that game was well enough balanced anyway that you didn't get an advantage over somebody else uh, just because you were using a weapon that you were more comfortable with it wasn't going to be more powerful um, but then you had the situation in like the first Star Wars Battlefront where um, I don't think you could buy um, shortcuts no. but in that game um, there were certain guns that were locked behind grinding up to level 50 that were massively overpowered um, so if this, if you had been able to buy shortcuts in that game with an unbalancing of the weapons like there was in that game, then yeah, I can see a complaint with that. But the, the, that, as I see, uh, as it as it has been used in certain games, isn't uh, a problem because some people just don't have the time to 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 put in to be able to unlock all the stuff that they want. It's just the chance of unlocking stuff. Oh, it's made it even worse now now like uh, remember back in the day you played Call of Duty Modern well, the first time you played Call of Duty Modern Warfare when it first came out um, to unlock all the weapons you'd have to play quite a lot to grind but every time you leveled up you unlock a new weapon uh, new attachments for weapons and stuff like that then they brought out the re-released version of it and now it's like every time you level up you, you get some credits that you can use to open a loot box that might have a gun in it but probably won't let's remember what we are lapsed gamers you know that's what the crowd yeah our listeners are, we hope. But in terms of that, and this brings up positive back to further on, but as a positive, it saves you time. So, but if it saves you time and it's not game-breaking, so for example, like Dragon Age Inquisition, in an RPG, you do normally do all these side quests to grind, to be able to access new areas, to beat the stronger enemies. If you were able to, instead of spending what I spent 136 hours, I was able to knock 60 hours off that with by spending 20 quid, say for example, or whatever, to buy a set number of sk- skill points would allow me to raise my character quickly. Mm-hmm. That is a positive. Yeah, I know it's like I know it's yeah. shit to say. I know, uh, and they have a similar situation in uh, Deus Ex: uh, Mankind Divided, where you could. Uh, where in that game every time you leveled up you'd get a Praxis kit which you would use to unlock a new um, ability and you'd have to like grind the levels and also search out Praxis kits to be able to level to to max out your character in the direction you wanted to go in but then in uh, Mankind Divided they introduced the ability to be able to buy Praxis kits with real money so that you could pay to out level the game now if people wanted to do that Fine. I personally don't see the appeal of that because uh, at a certain point you, you're paying to not well. You're not. I, I don't know. Um, 
if you're, I don't find games enjoyable if you're massively over leveled for them. Yeah. And so paying for the privilege of not having the proper experience of a game doesn't seem particularly sensible for me. Now there are certain examples where I think it's okay. Um, for instance, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen came out a while ago um, and has had a recent resurgence, but it's also had two massive expansion packs, uh, and each one's got what fifty to a hundred hours worth of content in it. Now, if you started up a new um, account for Final Fantasy XIV now, you could pay a bit of extra money to automatically level your character up to the level cap at the beginning of the latest expansion or the beginning of the last expansion, so you could go straight into experiencing the new content with, say, some friends who were already at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're paying to miss out on a bunch of content, but... Um, it's a bit different when it comes to something like an MMO. But so I can you, kind of see that. Uh, but if you just want to play the story and just want to enjoy the story of that game, I like it. I'm thinking it almost like to remember the PS2 and the GameCube you used to get the action replay mm-hmm. where you used to give yourself infinite health if you so yeah. wished. Yeah. And then you could just play through the story, get past the difficult bits, you, you would be killed over and over again. I mean, Shouldn't be people be given that option if it's not game but, breaking? If it's a single player, if, if a person wants to do that and, and remove the randomness, and we'll come to solutions like you say later. But the games used to offer that. Um, that is, uh, used to offer uh, you know ways around that baked into the game. You'd have like. Um, the easiest difficulty level would say that, like, you know, this is for people who just want to experience the story and it will kind of trivialize the combat or whatever to make it easy to go through the story. Now they've taken that option out and make you pay to over level instead. Yeah, I guess, I guess the, the, the issue that we, we've got with these crates um, is the fact that, yes, you can sometimes spend money on it. Uh, sometimes it's cosmetic, sometimes it's not. But I think what the real issue is that's come to the forefront right now is that with Shadow of War, there's a massive, uh, like you say, uh, difficulty spike um, mm-hmm. where you've got to go and grind that gear. You've got to go and grind your levels regardless, unless you want to pay this money to make life a lot easier for you. But it's not really changing the game. It's just giving you a no, massive no, help in hand. That's, um, and that's where it uh, where it draws uh, it would draw a massive distinction, I think, with what Andy was saying. Um, in that you know it's okay you can pay a little bit of money to save some time or to make the game a little bit easier but when the developers have I presumably at the behest of the publishers gone out of their way to make the end of the game a grind to deliberately to encourage people to spend that money to make it easier then disclaimer you know, we have no proof <laughs> no, this well, is this. Is, well, we have no proof of that, but it's yeah. pretty obvious based yeah, on what yeah. people. Have, is it, is uh, it Monolith again? Said. Doing shadows of it is. It yeah. is Monolith, yeah. but it's it's Warner Brothers. Yeah. Spe- it, that it, importantly, I just, I, I, I have what... no problem with Monolith at all. I have no problem with any of the the developers that work under uh, Warner Brothers. But Warner Brothers squeeze microtransactions and loot boxes into every single game. It's in um, uh, Injustice Two as well. It's. Uh, it's not too bad in that because you earn the the crates are such a ridiculous clip I don't know why you'd ever pay money for them but um, it's there still yeah Ooh. I don't know it's just it's very strange I mean as a developer I'd love to speak to a developer that possibly doesn't work for this company anymore or a company that's had this done to them and to hear about the internal arguments about it 
because I guess as a developer, I mean, this, I'm, I'm speaking for myself here, not a developer, but what I would do in that situation, I'd be like, no, if they want to make it harder, they start the game again and put it on mm. hard. Or if they've unlocked it, like in some games, you can then go to extreme or whatever. Mm. If they want that harder level, um, if not, they play it through on normal and they complete it to get the experience. I don't want yeah. to then have to put this stupid um, difficulty spike in it so you can get more money, which the developer may see very little of, potentially. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's a it's a very strange one. Yeah, um, specifically with with Shadow of War, it's uh, when we saw our footage of it, um, you know, last year and even earlier this year, like they talked about the fact that there was loot in there. Made no mention of the fact that there were like different qualities of of orcs and things. Like that. At least I, I don't remember them talking anything about that. And it's only quite recently that they came out and started talking about the market, which is the way you spend the in-game currency on loot crates. Uh, and having gone in and looked at it, it's so badly designed and so poorly put together that it looks like it was a really late addition to the game. Like, uh, they don't even have, like... if you When you open up um, a, a loot crate in Overwatch... It's kind of exciting. They make a big thing about it. It's like a, it yeah. explodes and all these things come falling down like from the sky. And then, yeah, um, you don't get any of that shit with, with the loot boxes <laughs> in um, in Shadow of War. It's it's a bit of a a bit of a letdown. <laughs> but um, one thing I wanted to ask about because I've heard stories, but you you'll have experienced this firsthand, Ali. Is uh, the loot box changes to? Um, that have the slowly crept into the Forza series. <laughs> so, um, last Forza I played was the last one that came out on 360. Um, yeah. And one of the things I understand has changed from then is like on the 360 version, you could you could adjust the amount of experience or money that you would earn in a race by turning off more of the driving aids. Yes. And now that's tied to stuff from loot boxes. Uh, yeah, kind of. Right. Um, so there's two there's two sides to this. So um, I'm a massive Forza fan, as everyone knows. It's no secret. So I buy the Ultimate Edition. I, I'm a sucker for that edition. Uh, and with that edition, you get to play it four days early. Uh, you get VIP. You get the season pass. You kind of get the works. I think get day one cars and all that shite these days. Uh, and where this confusion slightly comes in is that with that VIP pass you used to get a little crown next to your name to show that you're VIP um, and you used to get double the amount of credits. So when you win a race, um, not all of them, so I'm not sure, they no, did do it online. Might have been on one of the Horizon series where it didn't do it for all of it, um, for the wheel spins. You didn't get double the amount of wheel spins, but when it came, if you rolled credits, you'd get double the credits. And basically you, you do a race, you finish, you get credits and then it'll double it for you because you've paid for that VIP package. Uh, and what happened in Forza 7 is that they gave you mods. So when you do single player games now, and this came in in Forza 6, is you get these mod cards. Uh, and basically when you're doing the single player, you get to add up to three of those to you or to that race, which either make it easier for you, so more grip in the wet, or make it harder so you can only do cockpit cam, um, there's no race in line, things like that, which would increase the credits. And what mm-hmm. the VIP members got was three mods, which gave you, I think it was 100% uh, 
more credits but each one of those cards you could use all three at the same time but each of those cards only had three uses and that was it they're gone uh, then the VIP wow. membership becomes redundant which they have mm. done a massive U-turn on and in a patch coming up very soon they're adding it back in but you also are right Mark that I don't think I think it changed it slightly but the margin's not great so I turn off a lot of the assists anyway which is just how I like to race but also yeah, you get yeah, more sure. credits um, mm-hmm. and I don't think you get even more credits for it but the problem with Forza Motorsport 7's loot boxes which they've put into 7 is they're just weird is the only way to put it because you can't go into a stall and buy them so you can't use real money you have to use the money that you're earning you're not really not really not sure what you're getting if that makes sense um so before in forza 6 you'd complete a race and when you leveled up you'd get more of these mod cards things that you can use um if if you use them um but now the only way to get more mod cards is to spend in-game currency which isn't as easy to come by to pay with in-game currency to get the loot boxes to get more mods or race suits or a car pack and it's just really weird another thing they changed is when you level up you get a choice of three things you can either get credits a car or a race suit but the car isn't free and I think it's caught a lot of people out and it'll just say 100 yeah, credits off and it's like it what? it will unlock the ability to buy that car in the game yeah but at a cheaper price it's not yeah, even free yeah. and it's yeah. fours are f***ed up basically because they've not done a full on here's microtransactions here's loot boxes that you can get and it's yeah. behind a paywall or you can grind it through the in-game but then they're not they're not often enough if you leveled up and you got one of the boxes great that wouldn't be too bad but you just level up and don't really get a lot <laughs> it's really disappointing <laughs> see this is uh, kind of disappointing because uh, the, the big third party publishers um, have done stuff like this for a long time um and you just kind of expect it because they're all scumbags. But, like, the first party, like, the platform holders, Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo, have tended to shy away from this sort of thing. And recently it's starting to come in, in like, it came a little bit with the last Halo, uh, now with Forza, and I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I'm almost certain there'll be a couple of, of Sony games, um, first party games that do the same sort of thing. And it's like, it's spreading like a virus there's no escaping it now i don't think loot boxes whether you like them or or not loot boxes have their place and it's normally in a rpg element to a game so your first person shooters your shadows of war and things like that whether you like them or not or whether we agree with them or not they kind of suit that because you get things from them but in a racing game no i just want to go on a track and race i don't give a shit about stuff like that and i think that's why Turn 10 have only done it half-heartedly because it's like, oh, hang on, people might not like this. <laughs> and then they've just gone, oh, we're just using game credits for it. It's it's really bizarre. Really bizarre. It doesn't, ser- it doesn't serve any purpose in a racing game. Maybe in something like Need for Speed, possibly. You could unlock a body kit or different vinyls for your game for oh, you for please your... don't give EA any more ideas I know I'm just saying though <laughs> you, you won't be surprised if they did it for a need for speed but something like uh, a, a project I'm, cars I'm just, and stuff I'm just waiting for the next need for speed that's coming out soon I think I yeah. almost definitely have it in that and I was so excited for that game I know I'm just ready to be know. disappointed yeah. now I'm hoping I know this is probably going on a slightly different topic that we'll come to but 
with Star Wars, with all this backlash that's coming from it, I really hope that there's a massive room full of sweaty geeks coding the shit out of that game to get those loot boxes sorted. Because EA, I don't know if they still are, but one of the most hated companies in the world. Oh, they don't Uh, care. They really don't care. But would you not want the limelight to come off them if they go, do you know what, we were going to do it, we'll put our hands up, but we changed it. I don't think they care. Or they don't care (laughs) enough to turn it around that quickly. Like, um, there was a massive backlash uh, about the... um, the lack of content in the base version of Star Wars Battlefront, the first one. And so, with this new one, the season pass is free, which is something that started to come in with games like that and Titanfall 2, and it's something that, that I welcome. Yeah, yeah. But EA have shareholders, and those shareholders expect year-on-year increases uh, on their returns. And so, if you cut off one revenue stream, one extra revenue stream from a game, they're going to have to find another one. Um, and I, I think he probably kind of maybe some of these publishers have made a rod for their own back. It's like, okay, we'll take the season pass out of, um, uh, of uh, Star Wars Battlefront. Um, so maybe we'll see a slight increase in sales, but we won't have that um, season pass. We won't have that DLC money coming in. How can we increase our money so that our next financial quarter uh, isn't disappointing? Let's put loot crates in. Let's yeah. put paid loot crates in. And let's incentivize people to pay them by giving them something that is actually tangibly beneficial to them in the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, loot crates aren't too bad if... Like, like in... Um, Overwatch we've mm. we've both played that quite a lot there's been a lot of expansions a lot of new characters yes. and we've both paid quite a bit probably for loot crates just because yeah. you might want a certain sign or you might want Hanzo's special wolf or whatever it is that comes out when you fire your arrow or whatever nothing yeah, that yeah. technically changes the game no and that's that's the difference is that that game is incredibly well balanced and they couldn't put anything in those loot boxes that would give a a player an advantage over another player the only thing in that game that gives a player advantage over another player is their skill and that's it yeah the same as it is in like a good fighting game um so there's no way they could do something like that but in battlefront 2 it seems that that's not the case. Now, I don't expect it to be particularly well balanced anyway. It, the first one wasn't um, particularly well balanced. Like I was saying earlier, like um, you unlock Han Solo's blaster when you get to level 50, and that gun was so ridiculously OP that anyone who hit level 50, level 50 was running around with that and rinsing everyone who was the level few levels below them. Um, what I worry is that, that this sort of thing will start to come into games that previously were well balanced like Battlefield Battlefield 1 has loot boxes they they never had loot boxes before in the Battlefield series but they introduced it into Battlefield 1 they're only cosmetics and XP boosts Um, but the next Battlefield what if they you know what if there's not enough of a public outcry about what's happening with Battlefront 2 and they just start they decide to put pay to win mechanics in uh, the next Battlefield it would kill that game yeah, yeah, and I think that's what publishers need to be be aware of is that it's killing the games. It's not enjoyable. Uh, granted, no. it's given us something to talk about on a podcast, and it's making the the gaming industry not necessarily headlines, but not far off. But it's for the wrong reasons. But hasn't this been since COD Modern Warfare came in? 
Yeah. And like we say, I mean, I was reading that. No, the, the um, first Modern Warfare didn't have any of this stuff, I don't think. No, but what I'm saying is, I know, but when you, when you were leveling up, you were unlocking ex- better, better guns. Ex- yeah, but... Extra but, scopes and all that. So but it did create an imbalance of sort. If I was to walk in after six months... It was a crit. Yeah, there, there was there, there was like a there was a slight imbalance between say like level one and level five because the starting gun you get was really good, but you'd have iron sights and mm. shit like that. Whereas someone who's a few levels above you had got a red dot sight and whatever. But um, like the starting weapons, like the AK forty seven and the the M sixteen, were still really viable guns when you hit the level cap when you'd unlocked everything. I know, but. But there was still an in-game imbalance because you unlocked grenades, you unlocked um, the back of the helicopter. Ah, the, yeah, so there, yeah. there, there was stuff there that created an imbalance. So if I, if somebody was to enter at level one and somebody's level twenty, mm-hmm. there's an imbalance there. So ever since COD, there has been an imbalance. What's come more to light? What seems to be more accept? Um, what was acceptable in that you had to play COD, for example, all these other games for hours, mm. and. Um, now, well, the, the good the thing that um, Modern Warfare did was that you had like that selection of preset loadouts hmm. that included equipment that you normally wouldn't unlock until later. So you still had access to it, kind of. Hmm. But I see, I see what you, I see what you're saying though. So there's um, been an imbalance for the last ten years, hmm. really twelve years, maybe, or ten years ever since Carter. So the last ten years has been an imbalance in multiplayer. FPSs in particular mm-hmm. where if you're a newbie coming in you're still going to be underpowered compared to someone who's been playing it for X number of hours before you but then you're, you're always going to have that uh, anyway uh, to a certain extent even in something like Overwatch where uh, a level 1 player has exactly the same characters and equipment as someone who's been playing for hundreds of hours mm. the difference is the person who's playing for hundreds of hours has got hundreds of hours of uh, experience yeah. and knowledge of the maps and whatnot behind mm. them so they're always going to have an advantage in that way but I, I know what you mean they're like um, the difference between the haves and haves nots in times in terms of who'd put in the most amount of time, but mm. so this is that like, is was it, always going to be a thing in a game that had uh, an unlock loop, mm. which come you, come you gotta admit it's kind of it was kind of satisfying every time you leveled up in modern warfare and you got that yeah. guitar riff and it would say you leveled up and your unlocks would pop up on the screen and you're like yes yeah it, it was, was good, good. <laughs> it was good it was good but isn't this yeah almost like like I said before an example for an opportunity for lapsed gamers instead of putting Modern Warfare put 120 hours in so I got through from PlayStation earlier this year so that's most that's a game I've played the most before Dragon Age but 120 hours in so me playing 120 hours and someone coming in in the first hour sees me and like oh shit so I know I'm not, I'm not agreeing with loot crates but isn't it an opportunity for people just to go oh shit if I pay £20 £30 I can better myself and I can be an equal on the battlefield yeah I, I guess some of the problem is though is is your skill level as well because um, especially for, for first person shooters there are some people out there that basically play the games now professionally um, and that could kill me with the starter weapons better than what I could probably kill them with an RPG. We to the face. politely refer to them as sweaty tryhards. 
<laughs> um, and so yeah, someone that's coming in, I guess, as a noob, or or even if you're a a, a seasoned player, but you like you say you're a little bit late coming to the game. Sometimes you could funnel as much yeah. money into that, but it's not going to make you a better player. Um, regardless of okay, it could even the playing field a little bit in your favour. Um, but I don't know how much. Hmm. Um, it, one of it is the arguments one. Uh, that I see um, posted about, and it's it's one that that, uh, that I know you guys have both um, heard before, is the um, the fact that like the development costs of games have gone up, but we're still paying um, actually probably less than we used to pay back in the day. Hmm. I mean, games. Back in the 90s, early 90s were expensive. Mm. Um, you're talking like 80 quid for a game. Um, um, I don't know, but it was about 40 to 60. I remember getting Street Fighter 2 on the Mega Drive. That was yeah. 60 pounds when that came out. So yeah, 60, 60 quid. And it's like the, the costs to make that game. I, know, I mean, that that's 60 early 1990s pounds. Yeah, so um, plus uh, it was a cartridge. So yeah, yeah. Components. Um, and the cost of making that game would be significantly less than it is now. Mm. So one of those arguments that you see is that, well, the games cost more to make. They're not charging us anymore. Uh, games have been 30, 40, 50 quid for, you know, a decade or more. Um, so they've got to make their money back uh, another way. And loot boxes is one of the ways to do that. But... Um, the difference is when when you paid sixty quid uh, for Street Fighter. Um, how many different versions of that Street Fighter was 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 there to buy? Just the one. And the one did that drive. did that version of Street Fighter contain all of the content for that yep. Street Fighter? That's the difference. Hmm. Is that yes, a game will cost you know fifty pounds to buy. Um, but the £50 version of the game you're getting, except in a few unique circumstances these days, will be the very basic shell of that game. And then you would have to pay extra for the content that you know should have been in that game but was cut out to sell to you later, or not even later, to sell to you on day one separately. (laughs) And so you've got different tears it's like uh it, 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 with pretty much every triple a game you see these days there's like four or five different versions of it that are increasingly more expensive and it's not until you get to the top level that you feel like you'd be getting all of the content that should have been in that game hmm. and so to get the complete game now really costs the best part of 100 quid it's a strange one because what what game was it recently where someone hacked the game or, or whatever and there was actual characters and things in the game um, that were purposely um, cut out so oh, you had to pay to get them gone for it. Uh, I can't remember um, which one it was uh, Capcom have been doing it for a while mm. with Street Fighters yeah. where uh, DLC characters are on the disc um, yeah. Yeah. you have to pay extra to unlock them um, yeah. Mass Effect 3 had if for anyone who has played Mass Effect uh, they will know the importance of Protheans in the Mass Effect, Mass Effect story. And Mass Effect 3 had a Prothean character who you could ha- unlock and have as one of your team as a piece of day one DLC. That's a major character with a major impact on the story, cut out and sold separately. 
on day one. Um, and so there's a wider problem with DLC as a whole, which we could probably have a whole other debate on. Um, but in all those instances, you know what you're getting. Even if you go back to the original one that everyone likes to take the piss out of, the horse armor in um, Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion. Yeah, yeah, that's dumb. But you knew you were buying horse armor. You weren't buying a box that had the chance of having some horse armor in it. I, I, I will say one thing, though, that if Witcher 3 had them, which would wreck the game, but if it had them so you could get a better roach, I'd buy the shit out of them to get that roach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, I don't think... Um, and I fully support CD Projekt Red um, for their stance on this sort of thing. It's something that they just are fundamentally against yeah i think i don't know about I don't you guys i think like sort of peggy or whoever it is that the governing body of video games if we even have one someone needs to put some kind of rules or guidelines in to state what is a loot box what is microtransactions and even to an extent what is expected as a season pass because like you say for for witcher 3 that's it it did have a season pass but was it both of them combined or individually they were bigger than witcher 2 there were like hundreds of hours, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, uh, just one of them was bigger than Witcher 2. The the Blood and Wine, the second expansion, as a whole, was larger than the entirety of Witcher 2. And they sold both those expansions together for 20 quid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and remember, um, CD Projekt Red are also the, the proprietors of um, Good Old Games, which uh, was set up with the specific purpose of being DRM-free. Yeah. And they pride themselves on selling games DRM-free. Um they don't like digital rights management or anything like that. They don't like microtransactions or anything like that. They like proper traditional, you pay some money and get an expansion pass of good value. Um, and they still make a decent amount of money from doing that as well. So it, it can be done. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, Peggy and ESRB, um, the, the problem with that is that they are um, they are only responsible for the ratings, for the age ratings. Yeah. They're, they're the equivalent of like um, uh, BBFC yeah. or okay. um, whatever the mm. American version one is that, that's, that's uh, responsible for the age ratings on. They are not responsible for the business dealings or anything like no. that. Um, but they probably should be because in every other... Um, media, uh, entertainment media it's not something that can be done you don't get microtransactions in films you don't get loot boxes when you buy an album um, it's the sort of thing that only exists in video games and there really needs to be some sort of body to oversee it Yeah, because like you say, if, if, if it was in films it'd be ridiculous yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some shady business practices in films um, I could go on at lengths about how Basically, every film Adam Sandler's made in the last 15 years has been a, a Ponzi scheme. Um, but <laughs> but there is yeah, there is no oversight for it. Peggy and ESRB, and there's a, there is a UK-specific one called Yuki, UKIE. I've yeah. never heard of them before. I thought it's just Peggy that oversaw everything because they're no, the, the European UK. thing. Um but, uh, yeah, they're, they're just ratings boards. Now, they have already come out, all three of them have already come out and said that they don't believe that loot boxes are gambling. Hmm. Um, 
Well, they don't. They do not constitute. Uh, it says, uh, the ent- I say there's an article here on um, PC Gamer. The Entertainment Software Rating Board, the agency that does our age ratings to video games in North America, declared a couple of days ago that loot boxes, despite that inherent randomness, do not constitute a form of gambling. The reason, simply put, is that while you don't know what you're going to get out of them, you know you're going to get something, unlike a lottery ticket, where the great likelihood is that your money is just going up in smoke. Mm. Now, I can see that argument, but um, earlier on, you brought up the subject of... um, being able to, they're having like the the hats and things like that in Team Fortress Two, mm. and scuns, uh, scuns, skins <laughs> in um, uh, Counter Strike Global uh, Offensive. Um, but you can trade those. That's thrown up its own problems, like people gambling for um, CS:GO skins and things like that, and that caused a bit of a furore with a couple of uh, prominent YouTubers uh, last year. But you can still trade those things. Now, if I was to buy some loot boxes in Overwatch and I got duplicates of skins that I already got, I couldn't trade them with somebody else for a skin that I did want. Um, it just gets turned into a piddling amount of currency because it's a duplicate. Or if I got a skin that I didn't want, it's tough, I've got that skin. Um, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't trade that stuff. Um and that's where I think the the problem lies is that you can't uh, uh, you, you, you you may be getting something out of it but if it's n- it's nothing of any value to you so yeah I, I guess that like I say the thing is is the fact that you you can spend your money on them to hopefully get something that you want but then there's nothing to say that you you're going to get this this or this and then if you get duplicates like if you did in, in destiny then you just dismantle it for some shards or something. Um, so you can't even trade it with your friends. Um, and is this where Ofcom possibly step in and go, oh, this isn't quite right? Um, um, possibly. Uh, I don't know if video games fall under Ofcom's remit. They're more... Um, Digital, news, did, yeah, they're more like newspaper, TV. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't even think they have anything to do with newspaper. It might just be TV and radio um, that Ofcom... Um, yeah. have jurisdiction over but there needs to be some sort of body like that that, ha- yeah. that and it's 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 doable I mean like we mentioned earlier there's the example of loot boxes that are still in games in China but those publishers have to publish the uh, the odds of you getting you know different value items out of those boxes yeah. I, um, I guess at the very very minimum that should be done here I guess is that the the problem that we've got is the fact that because there's nobody restricting anybody on doing these things to say X, Y, and Z is either illegal, frowned upon, you know, or at least investigating it. Is that where this issue's stemming from? Because nobody's going apart from the consumer and a few reviewers and things that have guest started the latest fire. Is that there's nobody there going? Hang on, lads, this isn't right. No, you know, you've got to take that out your game or people can get refunds for them or or whatever there's nobody controlling them so i guess it's one of those situations where like when you're a kid you'll do something wrong until you well do something that you want to do until you're told it's wrong regardless if you know it's naughty or not that's um that's absolutely the problem i think it is it's just the, the, the fact that um online games in the format that they are now um 
haven't been around for very long. Yep. Um, and like any sort of um, new new distribution method or anything like that, it's kind of the Wild West until yeah. something spectacularly goes um, out of whack and then suddenly the reins get pulled in and there's there's yeah. oversight and uh, regulatory bodies and things like that. Yeah, yeah um, I mean, like I said, there's... <laughs> the government not going to get involved and the publisher got free reign at the moment and it's a sense of them having their cake and eating it because they never can get away with it yeah but I think um, though like that the the events leading us leading us and loads of other people to start talking about this now might be that sea change though yeah. um there has I've never seen such a backlash against loot boxes in a video game like I have with Shadow of War and with Star Wars Battlefront 2 and to a lesser cool. extent with um, with Forza um, and some of the other games it's it's very recently that this has become a big issue and I think it's going to continue for a little while because there will be games that are due out for the rest of this year where that stuff is part of the business model that we just don't know about it yet mm. um, and it could be it could end up being a very messy end of the year um, with lots and lots of bad press and I mean there's already uh, there's a petition floating around um, today I believe to, to push this to be debated uh, mm. in parliament that already got over 10,000 signatures which I believe means that it has to be brought up in parliament yeah. For what it's worth, like um, we were discussing earlier on Twitter, that mm. yeah, okay, it's nice it's going to Parliament, but uh, apart from their kids, how many of them actually touch console or even know what a video game is? To an extent, there you are. <laughs> Few of them. MP Alice sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should start our own MP party, you know, party yeah, or something. We'll sort them out. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. Until people get these ex- full on experience. Yeah. with video games there's no point in them or there's little point in them talking about it because they don't ha- know what's fully going on unless they're willing to put the time in to do a lot of research and finding it out they can't p- put the controls on no it's it's just the wrong set. people of a certain generation just don't understand it yeah, mm. yeah. and it's something that's going to be a continued problem for video games in one form or another until <sighs> This is a horrible way of putting it. Until the older generations die out, and <laughs> yeah. and people who grew up with video games are the you know the um, the dominant generation. Yeah. Um, Just a little disclaimer there that does exclude people like Kev and Colm. Yeah, there are the minorities within no, their no, generations. There's definitely yeah. older games, yeah, but yeah. but like it's but even even they are significantly older, uh, significantly younger, sorry, than a lot of politicians. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. who barely understand computers, yeah. let alone the internet, and yeah. let alone video games. Um, See, uh, so it could be a while, but I, I think that... The, the, the thing is, it's, it's hard to judge the backlash because like, you see articles on Eurogamer and GameSpot and IGN and Polygon and people talking about it on Giant Bomb and all, all this, that, and everything, and you think, like, yeah... This is it. This is the pushback. But then you realise that no matter how big those websites are, they're still specialist websites. And like ninety percent of people who buy video games mm. don't pay any attention to that stuff, and will go out and buy these games regardless. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. until it gets into the mainstream media. Yeah, I think yeah, the, it, the thing it, for it me is a small splash. 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I think the th- the thing. What is that again? The thing for me is the fact that it's really disappointing because in the last ten years or so, maybe less, the the gaming industry is starting to get up there with Hollywood, and more and more oh, it's, it's, actors um, are getting on overtaking board. it in. It's overtaken it in terms of the amount of money it brings in. Yes, yeah. Um, it, it did that a few years ago. Like, uh, I think like um, GTA Five in its original incarnation when it came out on the last gen consoles before the next gen and PC releases made more money than any piece of entertainment, any single piece of entertainment had ever made. Yeah. So it, which is it, insane. It's becoming a massive industry, and I think it's letting itself down by doing stupid things like this. Yeah. Because yeah. if you want people, you know, if you want Morgan Freeman to come and say something in your game, but he's going, well, one of his questions might be, well, have you got loot boxes in there? If it gets that public, and you're going, no, oh, I don't want anything to do with it, it could become like a a volatile environment for them to come into, and it's like, well, hang on, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Or, if, or. How would they feel if they were a voice in this game? Because I'm sure there's some potential celebrity voices in Shadow of War, I don't know. Um, and how would they feel about this backlash to a game that they could feel quite proud of? Mm. It's kind of messing with people's livelihood as well. Like a little bit, not massively, but... I think you've touched on a bit of a point there when you talk about how would they feel. It's like, how how are the original... So how are the talking estate feeling about the lash backlash against Middle-earth? How are Lucasfilm and Disney feeling about the backlash against Star Wars? Because this is their property. Yeah. Alright, we've licensed it out to Warner Brothers and EA. Yeah. But well, this is Disney as well, isn't brand. it? Now as well. Yeah. This is um, their brand. Yeah, I, I don't think Disney give a they don't think no. Disney give a rat's ass about it. Uh, but, Battlefront will sell, but Battlefront will make a lot of money. People will pay for the loot boxes. A and and that's the, the the point I was trying to make with like the specials websites. It I it uh, being looking at it from a pessimist point of view. Um, we could just be a very vocal minority, to whom which Disney and um, who owns the Lord of the Rings franchise? Is it New Line Cinema? Yes, or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. They their parent companies just will not give a damn. Yeah, but we're talking this as well. But you've also then got. But to yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, there's always the chance that like uh, any amount of bad press reflects badly, and if it gets back to the right people, they might say, "What's all this about?" Yeah. What's what you've been doing here? Yeah, but then again, yeah. it, like like Andy's saying, that the big wigs at the top and and stuff, they they're either going to go one or two ways. Like you say, what's going on here? Or yeah, that's really bad, but it's bringing me a million, so I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This is it. Yeah. But um but then like there are there is rays of hope. I mean there were very vocal backlashes from the um specialist gaming press uh and vocal minorities of players against things like season um I'm not season pass uh online passes for video games. The whole thing like if you were to go and buy a game second hand, you still had to kick some money to the publisher in order to be able to play it online. Um, and then that shit went away because yeah. enough people yeah. complained about it. Yeah, it's the same with a few games. Um, I, I can't name any offhand, but there's quite a few games, even like, even like Forza Motorsport Seven, that mm-hmm. the publishers actually turned around and gone, "Yeah, okay, we've had enough backlash. We'll we'll give you double credits. Please don't hurt us." Two um, um, K uh, with uh, NBA Two K Eighteen. Uh, when that 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 was one I complete I've completely forgot about. That was that felt like the beginning of this 
uh, eruption was when when NBA 2K18 uh, came out, and it had a starting price of sixty pounds, going all the way up to one hundred and fifty pounds for the top version of it, but then still had microtransactions in it. Um, in order, I mean, that situation was like you started a, a new profile, you start, you'd create your own player, and you'd start their career, and they'd have very middling to average stats. And you'd have to grind matches in order to earn the currency to be able to buy the upgrades to make your player better. But because your player wasn't already better, they weren't get picked for the matches, so weren't able to actually get that. And so you were kind of very heavily led towards paying um, for uh, in-game up, paying the in-game currency to buy the upgrades. Uh, and there was a massive backlash about that. And then 2K just completely changed the economy of that game. It's still shit, but it's nowhere near as shit as it was. What's what's happening? Um, what is happening with the gaming industry when you can't just know. pick up a game and play it, enjoy it? I don't know. And I'm not bothered if I can't even trade it in. I just... Yeah, I just want to play it. I mean, there's, there is still, um, there are still like oases where this sort of thing doesn't happen. On the whole, you don't get this sort of thing with Nintendo games. Nintendo have started to move into um, season pass territory. Yeah, um, oh, but Amiibos and come DLC. On. Amiibos. Uh, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, actually, right. that is a good point. Yeah, you know. Amiibos. Yeah. Um, yeah, that there are some shady shit like that, like locking difficulties of the new um, Metroid game behind having the specific amiibo to unlock that difficulty and stuff like that. Stuff like that is shit. Yeah, and then and then you've got to buy a figure which is thirteen pounds or whatever it is mm. for certain. It's, uh, but you get a nice statuette. Out yeah, of I mean, it's oh, only yeah. like pop vinyl, pop vinyl, which I've not sat behind me a massive wall of them if I could scan them in yeah. <laughs> it'd be brilliant yeah you don't get anything out of a pop vinyl yeah. um, apart from the joy of owning it uh, so but, but I, I see the point you're making but but then even like yeah if you need to discount them um, they're still you know the, the entire indie game market uh, and some holdout publishers like CD Projekt Red who refuse to get involved in this sort of shady business practice hmm yeah. yeah, but the only way you're going to stop this, and this is one of the maybe solutions, is with your wallet. Don't buy it. Yeah, if you exactly. Hear, with if, your you, if you hear about this, don't buy it. Cancel your pre-orders for Battlefront 2. Exactly, you know? yeah. and we, we say that having, <laughs> having just bought you Shadow of War for your birthday. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't buy it, so I'm yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> No. See, that, I think that's, that's the thing for me. Is um, As everyone knows, I get the odd game sent to me from a publisher to review or, or whatever but I wouldn't yeah. like Shadow of War if I'd have been sent it I'd play it because I kind of have to obliged to play it but I've got, at the minute I've got no intentions of, of getting that game now when it was originally released I was on a binge to finish the, the previous one ready for the next one and now I'm just like mm. meh I'll wait till it's either free on something or I'm sure in a few months time sometime after Christmas you'll be able to pick it up for 20 quid yeah, um, but which is That's really, really disappointing with how highly you two rate the first game, and they've disappointed it or let itself down with these stupid loot crates or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. I mean, there there is more to that game to be disappointed in than just the loot crates, but that's another topic <laughs> don't for another day. Don't get started. <laughs> no, um, that's just problems I've got with it. Uh, yeah, I'm in the same. If I hadn't got a, a, a cheeky free copy of it, then 
I would have waited a few months and picked up a second-hand copy from CEX yeah. in order to not give any of my money to Warner Brothers, not reward them for this sort of thing. Yeah, I'm just really um, grateful that this didn't happen in any of the Batman games because that would have really pissed me off. Yeah. Because yeah. imagine that if you couldn't upgrade your, um, your, your Batmobile or you couldn't get certain Batarangs or whatever because it's behind a paywall. But the fact, that it, the, fact, the fact that it is now starting to happen to games that I that I am interested in getting... Like the fact that it's happened to Shadow of War. Yeah. I, I was super psyched mm. about getting Shadow of War right up until the loot crate stuff started to come out. And then I was like, oh, they've, they've ruined it. They've ruined it. Yeah, and then the Shelob stuff annoyed me as well. But <laughs> yeah, that's another topic. Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, it sounds like they had addressed everything that was wrong with the first Star Wars Battlefront. The fact that the original Star Wars Battlefront, you bought just a shell of the game and the, the most of the content was locked behind the season pass um, and a few other problems they had with that game. But you leaving those aside, it was like it looked and sounded like Star Wars. And so mm. if you're a fan of Star Wars, playing Battlefront um, you know, with a decent headset on was just fun oh, yeah. being in Star pew, pew for days. and so I was yeah exactly and so I was super excited to play the second one after I'd heard about all these changes they'd made and then the loot box news drops and it's just like oh, I'm not getting that then yeah, yeah. Um, so we I played it I was going to get it we played it you're a gamer and it played really well and they've, they've really upped yeah. it and the fact that you can go and shoot the um, the droids from uh, the the first trilogy so, uh, the prequels, yeah, yeah, the the one to three, uh, it was really satisfying. Uh, Darth Maul's in it and things like that, and it's got a single play, and you're like, whoa, yeah, give me more. Mm. And then they chuck this in, and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh well, yeah, and it's just like it's ruined. Yeah, one step forward, two yeah. step back. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's good for my wallet. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. But on the other hand, uh, I'm I'm I don't feel any excitement or any urge to play games that I would have been excited to play because this sort of stuff is ruining them yeah and that's the problem it's just it's a shame and i've you've got to feel for the developers because i i can't imagine that this is ever a decision that a developer really supports the developers are there sure they want to make money from their game um they want to see decent returns on it but they want to make the best game they can yeah it's the publishers who make them put this stuff in yeah yeah, because they don't care about uh, they they don't care about the creative side of it. They're only really there for making money. They're yeah. there for to provide returns for their shareholders. Corporate greed, um, exactly. Um, it's and so it's interesting. I feel really bad for the developers as well who have this stuff foisted upon them. Yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting that there's one developer that we've not really mentioned. Granted, they've not released many games recently, but Ubisoft. Um, I don't think there's anything in the new Assassin's Creed. There's definitely not anything that I've seen so far in South Park. Um, there is something in the new Assassin's Creed. They've got these. Is it he, some sort of crate? I don't have a full story because it hasn't been. I yeah. I think I heard something about how there was a, a loot crate equivalent yeah. in uh, the oh. new Assassin's Creed. Well, I don't know for sure. Yeah, but um, I'll have to check that one out. But yeah, it's it's not something. I mean, Ubisoft have have had plenty of scummy businesses yeah that's what yeah why I say it in other ways (laughs) Um, yeah they'll just sell you uh, they'll just like they're another they're they're one of the more egregious um, examples of stripping content out of a game and selling it to you as a as a DLC yeah Um, but was it in the past Assassin's Creed didn't we have something like Helix credits where if you were to buy 
X, I think it was in Unity, I think it was put in. I mean, I never got um, purchased these Helix credits because I never need, felt I need to. But if you mm. purchased Helix credits, you were able to upgrade your assassin quicker. Yeah, I mean... So, so yeah, that's, that's sort of like an... In, uh, I mean, I, I didn't play um, Unity. I played Syndicate. Mm. Uh, I didn't... I don't remember seeing anything about that in there. It, it probably was now, I just didn't notice it. Mm. But I, at no point in that game did I feel like I needed to put in any extra yeah. money no. to, then I guess to that's level where... up because it wasn't balanced to push you towards that. Yeah, and that, I guess that goes back to, to Andy's argument about a lapsed gamer that if they wanted to, especially if you got it for free on a Games with Gold because they always come up on them or mm. PlayStation Plus, sure. that if you wanted to shell out like 10, 20 quid to boost that, just to make the game either a little bit easier for you or to help you progress it if yeah. you don't have that time. I've not got a problem yeah, with like that. The, um, or like the shortcut kits in Battlefield 4. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess it, it comes down to it being realistic. On a single player, if someone wants to just pay some money to cheese it and they want to ruin the game for them, fair enough. But the rest of us that don't want to pay to cheese it and actually want the full experience yeah. and to grind it, if that's what's mm. needed, yeah. then leave me to so it. Like, like I was talking earlier about being able to buy the Praxis kits in Deus Ex Mankind Divided, uh, that game at no point felt to me like I needed to pay money to level up to be able to get past uh, something in the game. Uh, it, the pacing was fine. I never felt under-leveled or over-leveled for any part of that game. Yeah. Um, but mm. it's... And so being able to pay to say you just wanted to experience the main story and you didn't want to grind the side quests because you didn't have enough time uh, but you wanted to experience the main story so you wanted to chip in a bit of money to unlock those Praxis kits early to be able to level up to the point where you could progress with just the main story, fine. The game hasn't been changed in any way in order to push people towards that. But with games like Shadow of War uh, from what reviewers have said uh, and the early impressions of people who've managed to get to the end of that game is that that's not the case with this game um, at which point it's like it is that's the the publisher basically ruining the end of a game for financial gain yeah 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 potentially yeah. and obviously I presume there's going I to be a season from, pass for it I don't know stuff. for sure yeah, there's a season. Expansions, of course there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there were expansions for the the first one. There was there were two expansions. Yeah, I think. there was. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how much yeah. it cost with a pair of those, but, um, but you, yeah, at least one of them was supposed to be very good. Uh, yeah, I've I mean, got no problem with like the actual game content that they're putting in. Um, it's just these shady business practices that that are being foisted upon them I mean, by the if publishers. This stairs. If this stairs. One of the arguments, that one of the controversial things I thought about was, what is the point of having side quests? Yeah. You know, so you've got yeah. these open worlds. What is the point? So people are grinding. That's what side quests are there for grinding, essentially. Yeah. In some so games, you get a decent point? story from it. Sometimes the side quests yeah. have got yeah. a better story um, than the main. But I, yeah. I see where you're going that, with that's it. Like, in Deus Ex, that is absolutely the, the the truth. Like the side quests in that have better stories than the main storyline. Hmm. In most Fallout games, the side quests have better stories than the main storyline. Um, the Witcher Three has got every single side quest feels like a fleshed out story, and some of them aren't just chest uh, a single quest. They are 
quest chains mm. with like this own story arc and things like that. But you can example, you can do it right. But for a lot of those, Creed no, that, that's the thing. Like that. The Ubisoft model of open world. Yeah. Um, the side quests aren't quests; they're collectathons. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is, what is the point of having them? Because what you can a publisher might decide to do, right? To have a developer, right? You, we can cut you down your um, development time by six, eight, six months to a year, because you don't have to put any of those side quests in or anything else in. Just whack in the loot crates, and the people can either choose to just pay for the loot crates. So it might make world, open worlds less busy, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I see what you're a saying. Lot of that, a lot of that busy work stuff is uh, unfortunately tied to uh, unlocks that you mm. might want to progress in the game, like, say... Um, Collectibles, uh, c- collecting a certain number of a particular collectible in a Far Cry game might unlock a particular weapon that you really want to get hold of because it'll make your particular gameplay style easier. Mm. Um, if you then lock that away behind loot crates, that makes that even worse. No, yeah, but I, I, you telling me some publisher hasn't thought of it? Oh, uh, absolutely. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure some publishers have. I'm, I'm sure their uh, publishers have meetings all the time where they think about. Can we get away with this? <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, so I think what you're trying to say, Andy, is, is they'll get away with putting less game content in. Yeah. But because you can just then go and buy something to rather than yeah. doing a, a quest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shall we focus on solutions? Yes. Yes. I was going to say if 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 loot boxes are here to stay, um, which they may be, if there's not enough of a pushback against them. Um. Is there a way to make them not terrible? Yeah, I guess. I think making them not terrible is is making it so it's not game-altering. So it's nothing that you have to buy, you're forced to buy to make life a lot, lot easier, like with Shadow of War. Um, and I also mm-hmm. think just make it something so, like we were saying earlier, if you want to be unique, then there you go. You can go and waste your money on making your weapon look like it's got weed growing off it or whatever it is they're doing Call of Duty and different things um, and I guess if that's a way that they want the, the to gain some extra money because like you referred to earlier we are paying less for games than what we were 10-20 years ago then I've not got a problem with that because it's a choice when that choice is taken away from you that you can, you're no longer able to complete a game and then enjoy a game without shelling out more money on top of the 40 60 80 100 pounds that you may have paid because you want the top edition plus the season pass and you still can't complete it without having that choice of whether you buy these boxes or not that's when it gets ridiculous i think gamers should be given the choice to whether they actually want to buy these boxes for cosmetic items or not yeah i think um cosmetic loot boxes fine if you want to put those in there if that if revenue stream helps you fund free actual game content like it does with Overwatch, uh, like it did with uh, Titanfall 2, then fine. No problem with that at all. Uh, with the caveat that I think that any game that has it in should have an 18 rating. Yes. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, but then again, because it doesn't really make any difference to GTA, does it? <laughs> no, no, it won't make a difference. But, but well, it it might force um, publishers to think a little bit more about it, possibly, if they think that if putting in loot boxes constitutes gambling, which I, regardless of what the ESRB and Peggy says, it, it is gambling. You're putting in real money on uh, the chance to get something that you'd like. The fact that you get something regardless, um, uh, you know, you, you always get something out of it, um, doesn't matter because what you get out of it is not a physical item, something. It's not something that can be traded. It could have absolutely no value to you. Yeah. So, you're throwing money at the chance of getting something you want therefore it is gambling just to take a slightly different slant on it technically when you buy a lottery ticket you do get something if you buy it physically because you get a bit of paper <laughs> so, exactly. is that not gambling because I've just paid a quid for a yeah. bit of paper <laughs> funnily enough um, the, so the, the legal age for gambling in the UK is 18 mm-hmm. but you can buy a lottery ticket at 16 yeah work that out don't don't understand that one, no. but yeah, that's a that's some different. Well, I was have been gambling since I was six. I've been panini stickers from eighty two. Remember buying? Yeah, but again, I mean, like you got a physical item for that. Like you you, got, you bought you went yeah. and bought a packet of panini stickers and you got um you got one shiny that you wanted and the rest of the cards. Oh, the uh, <laughs> and then the rest of the cards are ones you'd already got. Yeah. Then you take them to school the next day and you trade them with people yeah. for cards that you did want. Or pogs. Mm. Have a good pog battle. Get the in. same with pogs, yeah. 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 Um you know, the same with any of that thing because you've got like a physical product, uh, a physical item that can be mm. traded outside of the the game. Um uh, but, mm. but with this like digital stuff. Which, of course, once the developer decides or publisher decides to turn off the service on that online game, you lose all of that shit anyway. Yeah. Um, you can't trade it uh, outside of you can't trade it outside of the game. You, apart from a very few um, examples, you can't trade that stuff inside the game either. Mm. So, I think two things: if we removed for me, remove the randomness of it, so that you actually know what you're getting. But if you're going to keep the randomness, they need to create an area mm-hmm. within the game that allows you to trade. Like, so, like you use a trade the stickers yes. or the, or the yeah. cards, what you said physically. There has Absolutely. to be something where publishers say, all right, it's random, but we will create an area where your purple cloak can be yeah. traded up for something else like for a gun or whatever you wish you know because it used to be like I'll trade you to football to Gary Pallister's for a (laughs) over a shiny or something but the argument that publishers would make is that that can the the argument that I imagine publishers would make is that that can lead to situations like the um, gambling for CSGO skins uh, Mm. debacle that happened last year where it's like, yeah, you're trading this stuff in game, but you know you can make an arrangement outside of the game for money to change hands for that trade to happen. Hmm. Yeah, unless um, it just goes whatever. back to a NPC, so you just give it to an NPC and he'll give you X amount, yeah. and X amount of those items could give you another free another box, maybe. Yeah. Um, something like that. Yeah, I mean, they already have that sort of situation with like uh, the loot boxes on Overwatch. If you get a duplicate of an item then you'll get some currency for it but it's a pathetic amount of currency that you get yeah uh, really and to up the currency then, don't I? yeah well there's plenty of things that need fixing on that mm. situation um, 
Yeah, I, I think um, that's one possible avenue is being able to trade the stuff in game. Although that, again, that can throw up its own problems. Um, leaving them as they are um, with just cosmetic items, but clearly labeling and putting in warnings and like an 18 rating on the game that's another way of of looking Mm. at it the other route which um would probably be not very popular with publishers but um because it would make less money but has been done was the example i gave of um titanfall 2 where cosmetic items were sold in packs where you knew exactly what you were getting Mm. yep which should completely remove the randomness. It's like, yeah. oh, I, I, there's a particular nose artwork that I've seen on this particular Titan that looks really nice. I want it. Oh, it's available in this pack. Yeah. Okay, I'll pay three pounds or whatever it is mm. to unlock this pack, and then I've got that thing that I want. I've definitely got it. I haven't paid for the chance to get it. I've definitely got it. Yeah. Um, and that's far more uh, consumer friendly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not against publishers making money, but no. Like you says, no. in the consumer-friendly fr- no. consumer way, because we want these games, we want to enjoy these games, we want to enjoy yeah. the Star Wars, we want to enjoy these AAA games, like we want to enjoy the indie games, but we wanted them to do it in a responsible manner. In a responsible manner. manner, yeah. If games cost more to make, then don't strip content out of games, sell the complete package, but charge more for it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if the if the um, I mean it already it kind of started for a while when the switch came out the um, I mean in this country the registered retail price usual registered retail price for a base version of a game is 40 pounds and then when the switch came out that was 50 quid and everyone balked at it for a while but it's like if that was the baseline for games um, sure I wouldn't be able to buy quite as many but I, I good mind. for backlog uh, it would be good yeah. for my backlog, yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't mind if I knew that I was getting a complete product. If I was paying a little bit extra for a complete product, mm. you know. Um, and, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm not against publishers having to make more money because they are beholden to their shareholders. They have to make more money. Um, that is the reason for them existing. If they don't, then um, they're in trouble. Uh, and I want the developers to to be able to continue making these games. Like, uh, but a- another argument I've heard is that um, they say that these games cost more and more to make um, mm. because they have to spend so much more time making the games look as visually stunning as possible. And it's like, did any yeah. of us ask for that? No. It's marketing as well. You know, it's like a movie, isn't it? Your marketing adds fifty percent. Extra cost. Uh, oh, so uh, if it's the same as it is with um, movies, they 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 reckon it's like one to one on on the whole. With films, it's like uh, whatever it costs to make the film, double it, and that's the total cost for the production and marketing. Mm. Um, so it could imagine it would probably be the same for video games as well. Mm. Um, I don't know what the average costs of uh, making a video game is. Mm. Depends um, on it. Like, oh, I yeah. expect and expect it's going to get more with 4K assets. Yeah, they all take more time. Yeah, <laughs> and time more hard drive space. The, I think <laughs> it's about ten million a year, seven to ten million a year. So depending on your development cycle, how long? I'm really surprised that that's not um, 
paid for at the minute so for your ps pro and the xbox one x when that comes out i'm really surprised they're not paying you know you've got to pay an extra tenner to get the 4k pack texture packs and things like that well done ali just giving them a great idea i bet we've talked about it (sighs) they probably are yeah (laughs) probably unless they're waiting i don't know yeah Mm. yeah because what will happen it'll increase server costs will be factored in that's a good point um when uh, speaking of like um, 4K texture packs and Warner Brothers, when the PS4 Pro came out, um, Shadow of Mordor was already two years old, mm. uh, and they went back and added 4K textures and released it as a free, you know, patch. Yeah, I'm really surprised they didn't charge for that. I'm wondering <laughs> if some of it is maybe Sony and Xbox encouraging them to do it to help sell the consoles whether there's any oh, money behind yeah. closed doors please, that exchanges please <laughs> please make the game look better on our new expensive console please yeah 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 makers you know yeah. make the, uh, the consumers certainly. see that it's worth an upgrade um, I, don't, I don't know i don't know but i wouldn't be surprised if they did did do that yeah. mm. anyway we're getting off tangent yes. again um, sorry <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, any other Possible routes that could, we could go down to make loot boxes. Well, I suggested split the single and multiplayer aspects. Right. So, if you wanted to, for example, Star Wars Battlefront Two, there's a single mm-hmm. player campaign. Pay twenty five pounds for the single player campaign, and make right. the f- multiplayer free to play, and then add loot boxes that are random would be maybe an option so in that way I don't know the consumer doesn't feel that they're paying for something that they don't agree with in an ideal world that would be a good solution it's not the sort of thing that I think a publisher would go for at all because why why make a free to play game with loot boxes when you can make someone pay full price for a game and then put loot boxes in it true (laughs) um, but yeah no that's something I've wondered about for years whether it would be a good business model for something like Call of Duty because there are some people who buy the buy COD just to play the campaign and have got no interest yeah. in jumping online um, whether you whether it would be a good idea to be able to buy those two things separately well that's been tried out earlier wasn't it I mean like certain parts of it on the PS3 and the other part the PS4 I think Killzone was separate I think you could buy or play the multiplayer separate from a single player campaign and I think Uncharted they downloaded two separate ways uh, yeah but that was just so you could prioritise which aspects of the game you wanted to download yeah. first well it must have been Killzone yeah. then that you could have the, sing- the single player campaign separately from the multiplayer mm. I think mm. it was but it's possible yeah um, Unlikely, but possible. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. what, what, the solutions we've come up with, you know, like the swap area, the removal randomness, just are all relying on the publisher's responsibility. And at the moment, and history shows it, that they don't have a responsibility, quite a few, a lot, a few of them. So until they, like we said, until they stopped and halted back into um, straight line and 
we're just going to keep doing this. And it's up to the people to say, no, the only way the solution is with your wallets. Don't buy it. Yeah, yeah. in the absence of any sort of uh, intervention from a regulatory board or anything like that, or even the implementation of a proper regulatory board for, for this sort of thing, um, the only way to make publishers listen is to, is to vote with your wallets. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So um, if you'd like to return that copy of uh, Shadow of War, I'll send it back to Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'll enjoy it. It's a gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I, I, that's. I, I'm ethically okay with that. <laughs> we just won't be buying um, Battlefront Two. No, I'm gutted about yeah. that as well. I was going to yeah. jump in on this one as well with the campaign and mm. air combat, space combat, and everything. It was just going to be yep, jumping in, and I'm like, nope. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think uh, we're, this is probably something that we're going to see. Uh, you know, we joked earlier about it being added into uh, Need for Speed. Wouldn't be surprised if it was. No. Um, oh, mm. yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing it appearing in a lot of the Christmas period games that are due to come out. Um, probably so early part a, of next year. Sorry, games, games probably in early part of next year. I don't know what's coming out early part of next year, but I reckon yeah. you get a few like your pirates yeah. game. That might Christmas period and the stuff that's kind of like missed its deadline and comes out at the beginning of next year, mm. where this sort of business decision is now baked in and it's going to be very difficult for them to change it, even if they wanted to change it. Mm. And so, yeah, I think this argument's going to run and run for a while. And the longer it does, the better. And the more voices that are heard, the better. So at this point, if we were even halfway competent podcasters, we would have addressed the fact that we have received some um, some listener feedback and one particular point that we wanted to address and then completely forgot about it completely. So uh, you are now joining joining me in the future <laughs> um, <laughs> as we come back to actually address this point uh and i'm joined by adam who couldn't make it on the night that we did the main recording hello adam here i am hello so first of all what is your hot take on the whole loot box debacle okay hot take um i think this is just another product of developers publishers just trying to get more money out of us um Mm -hmm. it kind of started with you look at through the times, there's been all sorts of things. There was season passes, there's been mm-hmm. cosmetic DLC, there's online been online passes, passes yep. Yeah. And I just think it's another effort to try and find a way to get people spending. I think it's pro- I think part of it is to get people like in America spending past that sixty dollars because game prices in America haven't gone up for so long. Mm-hmm. inflation the co- here, really yeah I guess some countries are different like here it's certainly gone up I know Australia's typically had problems with the prices rising and being ridiculous mm-hmm. um, so yes yeah, so I just think they're trying like game prices the cost of production has gone up but the cost of uh, sale price hasn't gone up so it's just another way to try and and things like season passes didn't really work because people would still sell them pick them up later cheap if they wanted really so we've kind of seen season passes pull, fall by the wayside and like free content come and the way they're supplementing it is the loot boxes I think it's crappy I don't I know all this investigation's going on into is it gambling I don't actually think it is gambling 
because there's no inherent risk involved. When you gamble, you're putting that money in and you may lose it. At least with loot boxes, you're getting something back. To me, I don't see it to be any different to when you go to an arcade and there's those machines that like spit out tickets and you get to claim a prize. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like that. Yeah. You never know how you're going to do it at the game. They're definitely mm-hmm. set up so that it's not favoured for you to get a lot of tickets. Because mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, the arcade's still trying to make their money but that's legal like that doesn't fall like some arcades will have those bits for children to play and then they'll have a separate 18 section with like the fruit machines and stuff because there's a delineation between what is and what isn't gambling in there um Mm. it's definitely uh, the two most recent examples like i'm playing shadow of war at the moment Mm -hmm. game's got some problems aside from that but i think it's yeah, it's terrible how it kind of tries to funnel you towards spending money in this market. It sets up one mm. currency system to get crates that you don't kind of need. Um, but you could use them to make it easier. It sets you up for that. And then apparently the end game is all focused on getting these legendary chests to get legendary orcs that you can only pay with money. So it's kind of mm. like they've decided that you're paying X amount of money for the base experience. But if they want you to get the full experience you're gonna to have to keep paying up extra money well as we pointed out in the main um body of the recording that um it's not just a case of like you you paying like a, a base amount for a game it's like you you pay your you pay 60 dollar fee uh, 49.99 or whatever it is um then you get a very basic version of the game uh then you'll have to pay extra for pre-order bonuses uh, extra again for season pass with content that probably should have been in the base game to start with and so with some of these games we've seen recently I, we, we like um, NBA 2K18 which I think was the one that, that started this whole ball rolling uh, this recent discussion yeah. it's like the, the top version of that game costs like 160 bucks yeah that's, and then it still has microtransactions. Yeah. There's a lot of games like that. I have like three, four different versions. Yeah. Um, the other part, like the other thing about it that kind of tied into it, like I don't mind them. It's almost like they tried to sell it to you as like a shortcut. And games have done this before. I remember like the need for speed games would have like modes where you can just pay to unlock stuff. Or you've always had XP doublers and coin mm. doublers in these games. This is just a way to get, maybe get some equipment that will maybe help you. Yeah, you yeah. Know. And like, like we we mentioned um, well, we mentioned the other guys as well, like the, the shortcut packs you could buy in Battlefield 4 to unlock all of the weapons and yeah. attachments of a particular weapon class or something like that. Whatever, if you want to do that, it's not going to change but, your no. inherent skill at the game, but now we've kind but of crossed that line. Ex- but you knew exactly what you were yep. buying. Yep. And then you still have to be good at the game. Now I feel like we've crossed that line, like Star Wars Battlefront comes out in, what, mm-hmm. a month? And Less than that, I think. all of the progression in that game is tied to loot boxes. It doesn't matter how well you do in the games, it doesn't matter how many games you've played, it's all tied to loot boxes, uh, which is a massive turn-off. Like, that doesn't make me want to play that multiplayer anymore. Because then I know I could just throw money into it, and, and like they actually affect like skill things, like there's different damage modifiers and stuff that are hidden behind loot boxes. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my hot take. Um, well, I mean, this news came out after we did the main recording, but it's here at a perfect time now. Um, 
news broke uh, either early today when we're recording or yesterday that Activision has patented a matchmaking system that encourages players to buy microtransactions. Brilliant. Um. Um, now it was an it was an exploratory patent filed back in 2015. Uh, and and Activision have claimed that it, it has not been implemented in game. Um, I'm just trying to see on here what the um, this is like. The matchmaking system would analyze player trends such as latency and weapon preference in order to place them in scenarios that might lead them to buy certain items. Um, for example, my tra- microtransaction engine one two eight may identify a junior player to match with the marquee player based on a player profile of the junior player. In a particular example, the junior player may wish to become an expert sniper in a game. Microtransaction engine one two eight may match the junior player with a player that is highly uh, a highly skilled sniper in the game. Uh, in this manner, the junior player may be encouraged to make game related purchases such as a rifle or other item used by that highly skilled player. Okay, I think this already kind of happens. I think games like Clash Royale already do this. When you go up an arena, you're suddenly fighting people that are like way higher level, that have got items you could or like abilities you could only dream of having. Um, yeah. So I think something like this is already perhaps informally happening, and they've just shored it up and made it more complicated to roll mm-hmm. into a more complex game Clash Royale I guess is pretty simple you expect scummy yeah. techniques and tactics like that in a free to play game true but not in a not in a you know full price in a full price release um so I mean yeah, I'm just looking at this article here um Deej from uh, Bungie came up very quickly and said that none of that none of the functionality of that exploratory patent um, is present in Destiny, um, but Destiny doesn't have any um, microtransactions for equipment, only for cosmetic stuff. But it's the sort of thing that you could imagine someone like EA doing in yes. a game like Battlefront. For sure. There's going to have like a massive audience, it's going to have a huge audience of kids. Um, yep. It's going to have a huge audience of, of casual players. Um, who will get stomped by more experienced players and think, well, if I just spend a little bit of money, I can be as good as them. Yeah. When in reality, it's that's not true. Like, no, it's not, it's not true at all. Um, yeah. yeah. It's just a worrying trend. I guess it's... Everyone always worried a bit, well, didn't they, when mobile gaming sort of rose? People were worried about, oh, what does this mean for the AAA game? And I guess this is the way we're kind of seeing it, like, seeping into what we like. Um I guess another like you this just talked about means, that yeah. breaking bit of news. I guess another like breaking news since you guys recorded was that uh, Visceral Studios doesn't exist anymore because EA shut them and have mm-hmm. decided to pivot their like in their words was to pivot their Star Wars single player game to match market trends because they don't think people want a linear single player game. Yeah, they like, want um, a game as games as a service sort of thing that will encourage players to keep coming back and spending stay money. within that economy, yeah. spend money on microtransactions in that economy or whatever. And it's like, yeah, it's really scary. To be honest. Yeah, and especially when you go and it's look also, on something like it, it also feels like a really dumb decision as well because yeah. like that market's already pretty saturated. Yep, oh, and. Right they're already making another one of those sort of games themselves yeah, through um, Bioware so yeah 
So yeah, um, very dumb. So I'm yeah. not a fan of any of this. I'm sure you guys discussed no. this at length. Like it potentially, oh, like, people are freaking <laughs> out about it, and I, mm. I think we freak out about too much sometimes. But with this, I kind of feel justifiably so that it's bordering on creeping in that too much and there is reason to like worry that your favorite game series like whatever that might be may be somewhat wrecked by these decisions that people are making yeah uh, i wanted to bring up this piece of uh, feedback we had from from uh, someone on twitter uh, at pastiche of derm uh, and uh, they raised an interesting point. Uh, randomized loot that can be purchased is the wheelhouse of free-to-play or freemium gaming. Uh, it's okay if drop rates are well known and, exp- uh, uh, and explained. What is intolerable is its usage to supplement the costs of other gaming types. Uh, if the game costs up front, um, then delay the use until sales numbers drop and then add them with a substantial update to your game so that the existence gets qualified by a new game structure. Which is something Which that is, FIFA kind of... Uh, not FIFA, Forza's kind of done. When those yeah. games get reviewed, they often don't have all that microtransaction stuff in or some of it, and then they kind of roll it out as time goes yeah, that, on. Yeah, that's sort of like they, they well, they rolled it out a few days after the game yeah. came out, once the reviews had already dropped, which is just a bit sneaky. But uh, I think what this suggestion would be is like, um, similar to like the sort of model where a game comes out and doesn't do particularly well, uh, and will pivot to be a free-to-play game. Like oh, like an MMO, with, like Star Wars Old Republic yeah, or something. Yeah, like uh, the Old Republic, um, like um, Evolve did, or tried to do, um, and what we thought was going to happen with, with Battleborn. But like, um, yeah, have the game out for a while. Um, if the sales aren't particularly good, if it needs to, to if for whatever reason needs to bring in some, some extra revenue, then change up the, the way that the game is... I don't know, putting like a massive price drop on the game, but also adding microtransactions uh, and loot boxes then. I don't know, it's, it's an interesting idea. It's, it's when, when we talked about um, suggestions on on how to make my uh, loot boxes work, this isn't one that we thought of. It's it's something, that, yeah. something quite different. Yeah. I think that would work. Um, hmm. It's no different how season... Pa- I guess season passes originally weren't like tied to a special edition and stuff or they were kind of ways to oh they would get announced like later down the line as a separate announcement like oh we brought out this season pass and this is what it's going to bring you for all this extra content that we're bringing or they'd announce it just before release now the season pass is already plotted out like way before the game is even released so i guess it's kind of a similar principle to that like staggering that revenue stream for people that revenue stream for you, the expenditure, for or even just like if, um, if I, 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 it might just be more of a sensible option to um, just make the game free to play. Like uh, it is not going to work in every example. Like, the, the the one game I think that that would work in at the moment, and it got, it needs all the help it can get, is um, Lawbreakers. Oh yeah, um, Cliff Brzezinski's, um Bosky Studios game. It's a really, it's a really fun shooter, um, but it didn't find its market in a very crowded marketplace. It didn't find its audience. Um, it's already got microtransactions in it, 
Um, there are loot boxes, and you can pay to get extra loot boxes. Um, the game was already a cut price game. It was like £20 when it came out. Uh, and it's still kind of tanked. I mean, on Steam, apparently over the weekend, the highest number of consecutive players on uh, on, on Lawbreakers was still less than 100. Ouch. Which is really, really bad. Um, so that's a situation where they could pivot, go full free-to-play, um, and try and survive solely on the uh, microtransactions. Because as it is at the moment, if you've got less than 100 people playing the game, even if they were all spending a, a few dollars, that's not a lot Still of money. not a lot of money, no. 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 Um... Yeah, free-to-play games like that, like uh, the mobile games, um, when they work well, find massive audiences and um, also make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, sometimes they're quite skeevy, um, but it, it works. But if you try and do both, it's just, yeah, it's just greedy. And it will turn audiences off. Eventually, yeah. I imagine. Sure. Like, I don't think the vast majority of, of gamers who don't, who aren't enthusiast gamers, will even really notice this trend um, or care about it. You might notice it though, eventually. It starts to creep into like Shadow of War is more of a mainstream game in some regards because it's like a Lord mm. of the Rings license, and you can't miss it there because every time you flick back to the menus, the yeah. uh, market button's got a little blue dot next to it flashing. Mm-hmm. Just to remind you that you can always buy things. Um, yeah, so I don't know. And every time, every time you boot the game up, you'll see an advert for uh, uh, whatever what particular loot box is on offer that day. Yeah. Or like yeah. FIFA rampantly pushes Ultimate Team. Oh god! Yeah. Like it's around, it gets worse with every version. Like it's always front and center when you log in. It's even on the mm-hmm. advertising hoardings when you're playing in other game modes. Because yeah. that's their only mode where you can carry on spending money. Otherwise, you're pretty much set for the year, which is ridiculous. Like an annualized game, you've got you're getting enough money from people buying that every year. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, sure. anyway, that's our hot takes on that particular topic. Thanks for joining, Adam. No worries. Thanks for having me for this short no interlude. And now we'll go back in time to the the episode as was. Bye. Right, we done moaning. Yeah. <laughs> that being Just very about. fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have. I think we have, yeah. Um, I don't think any of us are of the opinion that uh, loot crates are completely without value. They have their problems. Um, they're, even the cosmetic ones are mm. probably a little bit risky for people who have a... Uh, who have a Addiction. predilection towards uh, gambling mm. um, or a kid who has access to their parents' credit card when they shouldn't have, maybe. Because um, I don't think you can get refunds on that stuff. Um, no. Then, yeah, yeah, it's not without its problems, but at the same time, it's a viable option for a developer to be able to fund mm. um, free in-game content. Um, as we see with games like Overwatch, so in that aspect, I think they're okay. Um, I'm not a complete. I'm not completely against them like some people are, but yeah, they're, they're, it's just that they've now reached a point where, in some games, it's becoming unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I think as an option with a few tweaks that would be acceptable. Yeah. yeah but yeah. like I said, the current guys is it's not. No. 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 Plus, when they get it right, opening a loot box and getting something you want out of it's really satisfying. Well, that's it. That human it need for um Pleasure. It feels so good yeah. when you when you open a loot box in Overwatch and you get that skin that you really really wanted. Oh man, it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to say on it? Or should we just go and open some more loot boxes ourselves? Yeah, wrap it up. Need to get back on Destiny too. Yeah. You know, it's, the addiction's real. Right. <laughs> yeah, the addiction is real. Yeah. So thanks for listening to us moan about this for the last uh, hour and a half. Uh, I'm off to go and open some loot boxes in Overwatch. Hey. Thanks for joining this evening, gents. Yes, thank, thank you. you very much. So long. See you. Bye.